Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers. If you, like me, are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we serve you at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Or as I say, Google it, you'll find it. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite network, such as iTunes. Every five-star rating helps us serve more business creators just like you. And when you subscribe, you get immediate access to over 250 episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you, plus, plus immediate access to fresh content every single week. So... Today, we are going to have a little bit of fun. This is going to be a very, very, very exciting interview. This is going to be an inspirational interview. And one of the themes that we're going to cover on this call today, on this episode of Business Creators Radio Show, is how the trajectory of life takes us to interesting places. We've been on the air for over five years, so what's been very exciting to me is when guests come back. We have some guests that appear once a year. We have some that appear actually every few months. We have a couple of those. And then sometimes we have somebody who's on the show at the very beginning, who then five years or four years later comes back to grace us again. And we find out that the world has turned a couple times for them as well. Back in 2014, you may remember that we had as one of our guests, a person named Jenny Olding. She did a great interview for us on topics related to sales, and about a month or so ago, she bobbed up on our radar again, now known as Jenny Holla, her married name, and she has had quite an adventure since the last time we've heard from her, which is one of the reasons I was so happy that she was available to us once again. So let me just tell you a little bit about Jenny, Jenny Holla. She's a life adventurist, world traveler, author of Rock Your Lifestyle, and the co-founder of 2J Holla. Jenny is on a mission to awaken deep transformational life change in leaders and executives who are looking for more free time, energy, connection, and who crave more out of life. As far back as she can remember, she's been motivated to love what she's doing no matter what. She's always been drawn to adventure, new experiences, meeting new people, and seeing the world. You can get a dose of inspiration from Jenny and her husband, Jay Halla, who's the co-founder of 2J Halla, on their show, the Holastic Life with J&J, live via Facebook every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. They cover many topics about holistic living, including wellness, finances, relationships, and travel. Jenny is currently based out of Florida. In her free time, she loves to hike in the mountains, not in flat Florida, ride her bicycle and play softball. She still, compla- excuse me, she still plays competitively at the highest level available for adults. She believes in finding fun, freedom, and joy in everything we do in life and is focused on inspiring others to rock their lifestyles, too. Jenny, come on in. The weather's fine. Woohoo! Holla, holla. What's going on? 
Oh, well, homie does play that. That's all good for me. So, <laughs> now, you may, re- oh. you may recall from a few years ago. A few years ago, the Business Creators Radio Show was different. We used to ask that uh, time and money question, which we don't do anymore. So you don't have to answer that one again, thank goodness. But what I do Woo. want you to share with our audience is just you've had quite an exciting ride since you were on our show four years ago uh, discussing sales tactics with us. So tell us what's been going on with you since 2014. It's about time we caught up. Oh, definitely. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's amazing what life, how life works. You know, I mean, I say that because sometimes when we're, like, in the moment and we're really caught up in the day-to-day, we can't see beyond, like, the hours and the minutes and the stresses of that day. And then sometimes when we're, like, calm and centered and focused, like, we could see the whole world and all the opportunities laid out in front of us. So I've been through both of those scenarios. But most of all, the the big highlights are getting married, as you had mentioned, which was an amazing highlight. And we, we actually got married in Hawaii, and it's really it's really fun because um, with my last name now being Hala, which, mind you, I would not have taken that last name had it been like, um, I don't know, something not as cool as Hala, because I don't want to knock any other names out there, but I'm just saying, I had a pretty cool name before, Jenny O. So I couldn't go like Jenny O to whatever, Jenny Kirkenbopping Google, you know, like right. I needed to go to something cool. <laughs> and it's, it's been really fun. So I was going to say about Hawaii is – my husband and I have I've really connected with Hawaii on like a soul level. And even though we live in Florida, we have lots of amazing beauty and beaches there. Hawaii to us is just so magical. And we got married on a, on a beach and it was, it was amazing. And we integrated the sea turtle into our wedding as one of the symbols because sea turtles are known as Hanu in, Ho, in Hawaiian language and culture. And they're always known to come back home. And so we gave every member of our family who was there a sea turtle in some form of a gift because it's like, hey, if for any reason you ever get lost from the family, you always come back home um, and find your family. And the reason I brought that up is because with Hawaii being a big part and Hala being our last names, and we've integrated a lot of that into, like, our our branding and our tribe and everything because we say mahala a lot. Um, It's like a what's up, or we we call our tribe our, our, our ohana because that means family and the holistic life. I mean, it's just, it's so amazing because it all just comes back to the land for me. And so there's been a lot of traveling, a lot of hiking. There's been um, a rebirth in the business because I actually, since we talked four years ago, I, if I'm going to be completely honest, I got scared and I shut it all down because I was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't believe in myself. And I shut (laughs) it all down and, I hibernated. <laughs> I hibernated really hard for a couple of years. And sure. um, here here over the past couple of years, I've been poking my head back out slowly and surely. And, I mean, it's so amazing to come back around and feel much more grounded and purposeful and in, with intention, especially when you've already kind of, like, gotten knocked around a little bit the first time around. And it really wasn't as bad right. as I thought it was. I thought I just was, like, not that good because I didn't make a million dollars in 32 seconds. You know, I really <laughs> put a lot of weight on, you know, uh, the success I thought I should be having quickly. And when it didn't show up the way I thought it should or the way I expected, I really attached a lot of my self-worth to that. So, man, I don't know. That was maybe a four-and-a-half-minute, five-minute catch-up. But those That's are the good. highlights, I guess you could say. <laughs> Well, we can definitely draw a distinction because when you were on our show, 
And your previous episode, under your previous name, broadcast on July 29, 2014, the topic was Stop Your Fear of Sales, which is a little bit different than what we're talking about today. And I went back and listened. That was a great interview. In fact, I found myself writing down a couple things I'd forgotten. <laughs> That's awesome. And, I mean, sales runs through my vein. I've had a corporate career in sales, and uh, my most recent venture in the corporate world has been a director of national accounts. So I had managed a pretty large book of business and worked with large national, you know, accounts and executives down to, you know, down to the office level because it was in the dental industry. And, I mean, I still sales run through my veins, but it doesn't run through my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to be the teacher yeah. of sales. But right. I, I know, you know, I know is, some stuff. <laughs> yep. Sure. Sure. Uh, just like I can give you a couple examples of, as I like to say to people all the time, I know how to decalcify a toilet. That doesn't mean I'm willing to do yours or I want to get paid <laughs> to do it or I want to build a team around decalcifying toilets. I can also I can also paint walls. I can also lay carpets. I can also change the oil. I can also wire up surround sound systems. There's a lot of stuff that I can do, but that doesn't mean that I have to offer it as a service to anybody. I don't have to do it for anybody, and I don't have to build a team around leveraging outsourcing doing it. On a business scale, oh. I don't have to do it. Oh my gosh, I love that you're saying all that. I love that. I think that's perfect for all the business creators. I mean, for any of like anybody who feels like, oh my god, I don't know what I should be doing, and you, and you're really open to learning, and you're looking for outside mentors and teachers, and you're really open. Everybody means well, but sometimes it'll push you off your trajectory because that's what happened to me. I had built the Rock Your Lifestyle brand, and that's what I started with, and that's what I always wanted to do. But then I was I was pushed, and I allowed myself to be pushed to teach sales, and I rebranded everything because people said, well, that's what you know. That's what you're good at. You can make a lot of money over here. So I, like, oh, I yeah. cut it all off, and I rebranded. So what you're saying is just music to my ears and to anybody who feels like they're trying to figure out their way in this business world, in this creation world, because – yeah. I want to, I just want to say that like you have permission not to do some of the things that you're good at and do something that you love. Uh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me let me relate this back and this may resonate with you and I, I think it's a good sort of uh, you know, fly on the wall conversation for our listeners. When I first started out as an entrepreneur, it was because I'd recently gotten my MBA in human resource management, and I'd gone through the whole go get your MBA job thing, and I got a couple job offers. I even had uh, two companies who weren't hiring, air quotes, who liked the cut of my jib and the width of my MBA portfolio, who said, yeah, sure, we'll create a position for you. We'd love to have you on the team. Turned it all down. Wasn't resonating for me. However, right around that same time, I reconnected with one of my previous business mentors from a few years ago, who at this stage in his life owned a training and development firm. So my previous goal that I had been enunciating over and over again during my MBA trajectory, of I want to be a training and development director for a Fortune 500, while I had also been working a full-time job as the assistant to the manager of training for a mid-sized company, and really getting involved with training stuff. Very exciting. Really where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up, while I kept my day job and actually got promoted at it, I did some side work with this guy. And some of it involved doing research to help him build his PowerPoints and his handouts for his keynote presentations because he was a a highly paid keynote speaker. And 
also helping him with research because he was getting ready to come out with his first major book for his industry and collating data from when he conducted team building and survey exercises with the employees at his various uh, medium to large size company clients. So I was in training and development and I started to catch the entrepreneurial bug. I formed an LLC and then I picked up another client just like him. Now I sat there for two years, you know, the ox cart and the horse, not knowing what I didn't know. At one point, this client mentor of mine said to me, he said, Adam, what are you doing just sitting there? I will give you $3,000. Not, not a loan. I will just give you $3,000. I will have it in your bank account in one hour if you can show me proof that you've given notice at your job. I turned him down. Wow. It's gracious. With what I know today, I didn't need $3,000. <laughs> and when I did make the jump, September 6, 2005, Here's what happened. A couple weeks later, I went to this conference, and I met this woman, very, you know, very nice woman. Uh, she had a great little company that did marketing support for thought leaders, online marketers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I can get into this tech stuff. I can get into you know, little small-scale copywriting and things like that. So I told her, I told her tell you what, uh, I've never actually done anything that you need me to do, but I will learn it in 30 days or I'll walk. And she said, well, it sounds like there's, you know, there's, you're going to be one of two types of people because the contractors she had worked with turned out they were one of two types. One were the ones that uh, after six months she was wishing they would leave. And those that after six months were actually billing their own clients at a much higher rate that she was going to be very sad to see leave. I turned out to be the latter, of course. Next thing you know, I have everybody throwing referrals at me, and I have this web development firm that has almost 50 clients and seven subcontractors supporting me with it, and I hated it. Mm, yep, yep. I hated, I hated everything about it. The only thing I liked was the clients because they were all nice and wonderful people, and I believed in the missions mm -hmm. of their businesses. Outside of that, I hated the model, and my subcontractors mm. were good, but, but the issue was is uh, they weren't employees. And I hadn't yet progressed to the point in the business where I could afford a full-time employee. And when you have a contractor working for a contractor, naturally that contractor's own business is going to come first. So there were limitations to the scale. And, yeah, I, I probably could have just kept going down that line. I might have, you know, incrementally made more money with it. Or I could have built it into something where I could just keep it running without me having to be personally involved. But, <laughs> you know what, I just didn't want to. Didn't want to. And I'd gotten pegged as a quote-unquote web guy. And the fact is, I've never designed a website before in my life. When I had the web mm -hmm. development firm, I had designers who did it. And when we moved into mm -hmm. the era of WordPress as a content management system, I'd just buy a theme and go into the control panel for the theme and change the colors and upload the logo. And that's about what I know. I can look at a design and tell you why or why it may, why it may or may not convert more visitors to the web page and what you can do to optimize the design, the layout, the text, and what have you to make that web page more effective as a marketing tool. I can do it from that angle, but as far as initial design, that's never been my thing. I'm not an artist. I, I, I avoided art class because I couldn't draw a straight line with, I couldn't draw a roller with a straight line. Couldn't even say that phrase right. <laughs> so, 
Right, right. So, so obviously, so obviously, uh, you know, that's something that I just didn't want to do. And I shut it down. It was probably one of the happiest days of my life. It's like I heard the birds singing again. And I went ahead with a different model for the company that only had eight high-ticket clients. And it was actually better. And then I've evolved into consulting. Then I moved more into speaking. And where I am today, Jenny, is I have kind of gone back to my roots. I did my MBA in human resource management because I really wanted to focus on helping companies work more effectively, starting with their people. That passion has always been there. But I went this other direction because people were throwing me referrals, and it was just too damn easy. Mm-hmm. To actually do what I wanted to do all along was going to require work. So you know what I'm doing now? The work. And I'm more enjoying that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I, mean, a- I, mean, I, mean, the, I mean, the clients that have stuck with me for the past 12 to 15 years for the, for the marketing stuff, can stay, in, can stay until they quit their business. I'm not going to let them go. In fact, I enjoy working with them because it's nice to keep my hands in it. Uh, so, I, so I like to work at them with a level where I actually do the work because I, I love having the playground to try new strategies and make things work, and I just love building things. So those ones can stay forever. In fact, I hope they outlive me. That's how much I love them. But for the, the, the direction I want to take the business in terms of growth, headed somewhere else. And I couldn't be happier. Adam, I mean, everything you're saying is just hitting home because I feel like what you're talking about and all this evolution and, you know, going back to your roots, I think one of the biggest things is ego, you know, like checking our ego at the door. That's one of the things that I learned in the past four to five years. You know, it's like you think you could be doing this or could be doing that. It gets way this way or that way. But I think the biggest thing we can do as entrepreneurs and as people is to be able to check our ego at the door and leave it over there because we're going to serve so many more people and be able to scale so much better without the ego. Right. I think, I think you're right about that. And a point that I make when I share my presentation on strategies for launching your business is that throughout my 15 years in business, I'd never actually launched anything. I kind of just took whatever – came my way and found the reasons I thought I'd like it and went forward with it. And what I'm sensing with you is you may have made a conscious decision about four years ago or maybe sooner than that, that you were going to launch a different business and launch a different life. Am I on, am I on the right track with that? Yeah, but I had that two year break in between or so where I didn't do, yeah. I didn't do anything with business because I, I honestly had burnt myself out. I had tried to do too much, too quick, overachieved, and so I did have to, I think sometimes when we run too hard too fast and we do way too much, and then when we realize we're burnt out, it sometimes takes longer than we really like to recoup and regenerate. It took me a good two years. It felt like a breakup. When I closed my business, it felt like a breakup, like a really, you know, you've been together for a long time and you break up and it takes you a while to get over it. It took me a while to get over it because I was afraid to tell people I wasn't a business owner anymore. I really was. It, that was my ego. That's that's what I'm talking about with the ego. For me, that's how I experienced it because I was like, oh, I got to tell people I'm an employee. Oh, how horrible. And it's really not that big of a deal. We all have our challenges and we all have our ups and downs and learnings and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, been, it's been a good journey, and I'm glad that I went through it. I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. And I, and I look at it the same way. My path has taken me in a couple of different directions, but I, 
wouldn't change any of it really, and I wouldn't let it go because it's done two things for me. It's helped me become more conscious of my brilliance and my passion and what I give to the world and what I choose to give to the world, and it's made me a better guide for folks who are looking to accomplish the same thing. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think the biggest lesson, I remember when I went through the first round of Rock Your Lifestyle and even with the sales coaching, one of the things that I was told a lot, and I really didn't get it, was, you know, like, be more vulnerable, you know, um, open up more, go deeper. And I was like, I'm already opening up. I'm standing on a stage in front of people. Like, but my yeah. ego was holding me back from that. And so what I've been really realizing is the more I open up and the more I share my journey and my story and my lessons, just like you talked about, the more people go, wow, that's me too. You know, like, wow, I, that's cool to hear other people went through it or, oh, you know, especially with social media. You know, everybody's life looks right. so amazing and perfect on social media. Uh-huh. But to hear, like, wow, like, I, I thought you had it all together. Well, I still do, but I still have my days where I don't, you know. like I still have days where I'm scared and I don't know what to do and I'm confused and I'm stressed and I'm, you know, a human. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a person just like everybody else. But it's how we right. learn and adapt and, and who we surround ourselves with and the coaches and the mentors we have in our life and, you know, how we learn how to choose how to respond to things and how quick we you know, or how long we stay in certain states and how long those states affect us. I mean, it's all of that is part of the fun growth process and the inspiration. Yeah, and we're going to get to your process in, in just a few moments here because I'm really excited to hear about the process that you've developed for handling this. So I think it's great that you and I are telling our stories and our listeners get to experience the first part of this time together sort of like from as a fly in the wall, uh, taking notes, seeing what we've each gone through here. And again, as I said, I have a lot of gratitude for the journey I've had up until now, and I've made a lot of great connections, and I have a lot of great clients as a result who uh, I hope to keep forever. And going forward, I'm looking to grow the business in another direction. Another point I make during mm-hmm. some of my presentations is that you know, we hear that in order to grow your business, you have to scale it. You have to train a cadre of people to do the thing that you do and build this big team and everything else. What if I don't want to? In fact, I mean, I mean, that's one role model, but I also know role models, and these are people who make nine figures, nine figures in the online marketing space, and they don't have a team of designers and a team of developers and everything else. They run a nine-figure empire uh, based on themselves at the top doing uh, most of the coaching uh, for the members and also doing most of the software development because that's, that's what they do by profession. And they have uh, a customer service team, and they have somebody that helps with their social media, and they have a bookkeeper, and that's it. But they mm-hmm. designed a model for their business that doesn't require you to build these big teams of people who replicate what you do. So you can choose the model you wish to follow, and you can choose the role model who blazes, who blazes the path you choose that you'd like to follow for yourself. And by just taking everything that was given to me because it was easy to do that, I never really stopped to smell the flowers, so to speak, and say, is this really my model? Or am I doing this because somebody who has achieved greater success in business up until now is telling me that this is the way to do it? Mm. I, I love what you're saying because, I mean, this, 
this concept right here, like this principle, is a big part of, like, Rock Your Lifestyle because Rock Your Lifestyle is about, like, creating your best life. Okay, people have said that a whole ton, but basically it's like realizing that just because other people live a life a certain way that you find maybe attractive or maybe it's a, a certain level of success doesn't mean you have to be that exact same way. It's seeking out those right. business mentors or those life mentors who have created something that you are like, wow, that sounds good or better because you always want to leave room for something better because if you stay really tight to what it is you want, it's good to be clear, but if you're so attached to what it is you want, you know, and something else amazing shows up, you won't even notice it because, you know, you're so attached to that one thing. So, you know, when you're uh -huh. talking about these different businesses you want to create, one of the things I love is, like, when you're thinking about your business or life or, you know, what your dream is, I love when new models of possibility show up in my life because, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You're not aware that something exists yet. So my husband and I have talked about living different places or, hey, do we maybe just go travel and, you know, live in certain places for a couple months, a couple weeks? Like, what does that look like? And I think part of the process is trying on, you know, like different ideas and see how they fit. Well, it's crazy because someone just said the other day, like, oh, so-and-so lives in Hawaii for six months and the other six months they live wherever their home is. And for me, living in Hawaii all the time is a bit more than I want because I'd be so far from my family and I want to be closer. But then the idea of six months was like, oh, well, that might be kind of cool because I got six months where I'm really close to them and six months where I'm not, you know? So it's sometimes <laughs> you just don't know what you don't know, <laughs> you know? Right, and I love my right. family, but then I won't, they won't be roasting me because I don't live close, right? It's like, well, so yeah. what? I'm away for six months. I'll see you the other six months. And, and that's a cool possibility that we added to our, like, dream, you know, what we want to manifest and create. Because it's like, yeah. I just didn't even think about that as an option. And so when you're talking about business, you know, maybe that's all you know is build a big team and scale it and grow it that way. But if you don't know that nine right. figures is possible in the online marketing space with only a few people to help, you, you don't even, you know, and you have to seek out those people who have done it and have proof that they've done it. And you learn from them because if you're trying to build a nine-figure, you know, um, business where it's just a small amount of people, and you go to someone who's grown a business and scaled it with a big team, you might have some clashing because that person yeah. means well, but they're not giving you the information that's really going to help you to get where you want to go. Right, right. And here's here's another thing, too, and I'm so excited to get into the – I know we're almost halfway through here, and I'm so excited to get into the Rock Your Lifestyle process. This is going to be so exciting. But another thing I wanted to run by is – you know that phrase, go big or go home. And the introverts among us, including myself, would say, what's wrong with going home? My cats are there. <laughs> and, uh, and I have friends who are digital nomads, which means they truly don't have a home. They just run their business and they make their money through their laptop and they spend their entire life traveling around their wor the world, never spending more than a few weeks or a few months in any one place, and a few of them thought that they had recruited me to their lifestyle, 
because they heard that I have no interest in buying a house because I don't want to have any permanent real estate stakes in the ground because I like the idea that if uh, I don't like it here anymore, I can just run my lease and get the hell out. And I think they thought I was going to come digital nomading with them. But you know what? I like the fact that I don't have to drive through traffic to an office every day. I like the fact that I could work from my home office. I could work from my balcony. I could work from my living room. I could work from my dining room. I go to a cigar shop, a coffee shop, anywhere I want to work. But that's about as much nomadism as I need, nomadism as I need or want. I want to come home and be with my cats. Yeah. And, you know, and that's I, – I, I just – that resonates so well with me because my husband – is he calls himself an introverted extrovert because yeah. you know I'm I'm very extroverted like I I get very fueled yeah. by you know conversing with people and being out there and you know yeah. connecting and whatnot and for him it's a very um, energy draining experience like he can only handle so much and you know I think my husband has a great opportunity and talent where he could go speak and share his message and he's really like deep and insightful and people listen, but he's like, man, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I'd rather just be over here making, you know, impact and, and leading people, but like on my terms. And I think that's right. perfect, you know, because if you pushed him into that space, I mean, he might be a complete mess because he's always like drained energetically and he may do it eventually, but it'll be on his terms. He'll speak when it makes exactly. sense for him. Yeah. Yeah. And see the and thing with perfect. introversion versus, yeah, and the thing with introversion versus extroversion is it has nothing to do with being shy or outgoing or liking people or hating people or anything like that. What it really boils down to is how you gain and expend energy from social interactions. That's really, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that, that, that's, over, that's an oversimplification, but that's really what it comes down to. Uh, if you see me in person enough, like let's say – Jenny, uh, you and Jay came and, you know, decided to live in Las Vegas for six months, and we hung out a lot. One thing you'd begin to notice about me is if there's some event going on, I never show up for the reception or the cocktail hour. I show up just in time for the dinner. You know why? Because I don't have it in me to stand around having a bunch of small talk. You're going to say, Adam, what do you do? I want to. I want to. Get, I, 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 it's to be in that space. Right. To be in that space. Yeah. I first have to show up when the ceremony begins, so that I have yeah. that time to acclimate myself to the people and the surroundings that I'm encountering. And once I find my way into that, after the ceremony piece of it, then I can go into the having conversations with people. So that's just that's how I figured out how to manage it. So yeah. I and, love and, it, and, and, and I laugh. And I laugh. That's, that's my husband. Right. I laughed about yeah. my husband. I wasn't laughing at you or at, you know, the idea. So that way if anybody's listening, you know, whoever's like listening going, wait, she's laughing at me. No, no, no. I laughed because <laughs> that's my exact husband. He's like, man, if I go for the first hour, I don't even want to stay for the event. Like I'm done. I'm going to go sit in the car, you know? Um, no, I love it. I, I, I've come to appreciate because I didn't understand it at first. I really didn't because all I know is what I, you know, how I experienced the, the world. And so it, I, I get it now. And so I, that's why I laugh because I, I think it's wonderful. I, have, I love it. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a really good friend who's a um, who's a, a top four. You know, he's he's had top forty hits, mainstream top forty hits. He's uh, you know he's a semi-retired musician at this point, and I've he's been a good friend of mine for about ten years. And as I got to know him as a friend, what I noticed is he it seemed like his greatest pleasure in life was a quiet night at home watching a movie. Mm. 
And wait a minute, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this guy's a, a rock star. He gets, I mean, he, he, I mean, even even 30 years past his last uh, chart topper, he's still selling out arenas in this one particular city. He's getting up in front of thousands of people and meeting fans, and but he wants to sit around and watch movies. Well, here's what I figured out about him as we went along. Uh, he's just a highly introverted individual, uh, is what it came down to. And the kicker was once I, once I explored extroversion versus introversion, and a lot of us learned that by reading that book, Quiet, by Susan Cain, which kind of revolutionized the entire understanding of that whole thing. And I noticed a couple things about him. He frequently used the phrase, I'm peopled out, which was his way of yeah. saying, I've been around people too much and I need to be alone for a while. The other thing I noticed is, even at his age and after everything he'd been through, he could get up on stage and do three sets without a break. In other words, sing for about three hours. But then when it came to the part where he greeted his fans, I mean, he loved greeting his fans. He loves his fans. But he also had a strict time limit on how long he had to be there. And if part of his mm -hmm. contract for that performance was he would spend 45 minutes shaking hands and signing CDs, at minute 44, you would see his bodyguards looming over, ready to pick him up and drag him out. Mm -hmm. and, and, it was, I, and I'm sure that was it, good. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Go ahead. And, and, and when I came to understand is that was what really brought home to me uh, the importance of understanding authentically who you really are. And the other kicker with that is I noticed that after he did the shows is – he would, as quickly as he could, finish with his performance and then his meet and greet and everything, he would retreat somewhere with a select group of friends. And often I was part of that group. So they would go to, mm -hmm. you know, if he was out, if he was a traveling thing, they'd go to his hotel room or his suite or uh, back to his house or what have you or back to somebody's house. And he would just surround himself with a small group of close friends and that was sort of like where he wanted to be he didn't want to go out partying into a club or anything like that that's when i understood perfectly the introvert versus extrovert thing he's, he's the kindest most loving man in the world uh it's it's a matter of how he uses his energy once i understood that i understood the whole thing perfectly it, and you know it's 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 that process of really reconnecting with who you are and and being okay with it and setting the boundaries that support you that help you be the best you. You know, I am, I've, I've come to really appreciate the positive and negative sides of being a, you know, driven, overachiever, perfectionist type of personality. Because one thing that I've really come to realize here recently is how important boundaries are. Because I could just go work like on and on, and I will not admit that I'm burnt out. I will not admit, admit that I'm stressed. I will not admit, right, all of those things. But the way it manifests is that I start biting at my husband, like, rah, 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 you know, and being really, like, yeah. happy with him. And I start being mean. And then, you know, um, on the weekends, I don't want to do anything. I just want to lay around and watch Netflix because I am so tapped out. But then I'm like, oh, it's just because I'm right. tired. I don't always make that connection. And here recently I had, like, some big ahas, like, wow, you know, I'm acting as if, and I just talked to a coworker of mine who's similar, and we were laughing because we we have the same things. It's like, you know, oh, I'm not I'm not like that person, 
and it's not even that there's a person you're thinking of. It's just you have this idea of what it looks like to be stressed and your hair sticking out of your head and you're running around and you're crying and you're, you know, like whatever it is that we think it looks like. We're like, well, I don't look like that, so I'm not stressed. I'm good. <laughs> but it's not true. It's still manifesting in our life in other ways that the boundaries and coming back to yourself and grounding yourself is so important because then you can show up and serve the people in your life, your family, your partner, your children, your, you know, your friends. You can serve them. And that example that you gave with that musician friend, that's exactly what he was doing. He found out those boundaries right. and he found out how he could really show up in the world big, make this big, you know, do these sets. He knew the time that he needed to connect with people and, and give them the love that they deserved as fans. And then he had to put boundaries. It's not because he was being mean. That was just the best way he could serve them. Because can you imagine if he went longer? He might have started snipping at them. Get out of here. <laughs> you don't yeah. need another signature. I already gave you four. And then they start talking about <laughs> how much of a jerk he is, you know. And, and it just it just spins out. So I, perfect because that's all. I, and I'm getting chills because it's just it's so important for us to remember that and and be authentically who we are. You said it perfect. Yeah. So, uh, so Princess Alessandra Francesca, my office supervisor, is sitting in front of my microphone, and she's saying that she wants us to get into this walk your lifestyle process. And believe me, it's been a long time since I really cared uh, if anybody has any issue with me being the world's best cat daddy. So uh, let's get into rocking your lifestyle. So this involves things you know, like what is this process and how do you get from your current life to your ideal life? Just take it away. We're ready. No, I think it's perfect. And, you know, one thing I've been I've been developing perfect. is just a different way of doing this because you know, I like the traditional coaching model where, you know, you, you hire me for three months or six months or a year, right? We go through the modules. I like that, and I think it has its purpose. But what I am noticing is that a lot of the clients that I have worked at with and will be working with, they're a lot of times missing or craving connection. They're, they want that tribe piece. They want that community. They want that collaboration that maybe isn't showing up as strongly as it could in their life right now, you know, when, when they're coming to me. And so the thing that has to do with Rock Your Lifestyle is really just creating this, like, combination experience where you get the private coaching, but you also get this amazing tribe who's there to support you as well. And so there's a lot of things I can take you through in, in like, step one, two, three, four. But what I'm finding is is not everybody needs every single piece of the puzzle right? So maybe someone, I think everybody needs mindset, right? We all can do the mindset thing. We all can get better. Right. So there's still some of that mindset. You know, there's clarity and confidence because if you're a creative mind, like many of you are, you know, you're up thinking of all these ideas and it's all these exciting things and you're kind of like, where do I go? Um, so, you know, there's, there's those pieces. And within each piece, there is a step one, two, three, four. But it's like we tackle these issues individually and collectively so we can all learn from each other because when people are a little further or a little behind you still can learn from everybody it doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all you know we, we go into boundaries and you know grounding yourself and getting clear on what your vision is and finding your inner peace and creating more energy and you know doing the work like okay now let's start acting you know we're not going to just only talk like about these concepts like let's integrate let's take action 
You know, let's evaluate, build, and enjoy. I mean, one of the things I really find powerful is really when you have the chance to self-reflect. And so I do a lot of that type of, uh, so for example, I may ask you questions like, and these are questions you can answer for yourself right now, and I encourage you to journal about them. You know, where are you at right now? Are you happy with where your life is? Um, you know, if if you didn't have stress around a certain scenario, if something's stressing you out, if you didn't have that stress, what would it look like? What would it look like if you had joy around something that you've been stressing about? Like just questions to get you to capture your ideas, and you don't even have to share them with anyone. That way you can start moving in a direction. It's always great to reflect and look back, you know, and, and say, wow, look at where I was and look at where I'm at. Because I think a lot of times we can be too hard on ourselves. So it's learning how to, you know, chill out and love yourself a little bit more and not be so hard on yourself. Enjoy. Yeah. Find the joy. I mean, there's so many different concepts that I'm going more of that route versus a one, two, three, four. A step one, two, three, four. Because not everybody needs the step one, two, three, four. It's more about just this life, this this experience where you're going and finding the adventure in life, whatever that means to you. So I might find adventure through hiking, yeah. but if you don't like to hike, like you're not gonna wanna know like how to hike more. You're like, No, I wanna go boating. You know? So it's like the principles behind that that help you get there. Right. You know, something just leaps out at me, and maybe this has relevance, but for some reason this thing that I haven't thought of for a long time just all of a sudden occurred to me, is I remember when I was in my adolescence, and my my dad always said he wanted to go whitewater rafting with me. Now, let me tell you something that is, is true now as it is, true then as it is now. Uh, Jenny, if you were to say to me, you know what, uh, we should go on a seven-day cruise that involves going out and to getting a, a rowboat and going right out into the sea and rowing and enjoying the waves. I would say if by going out and rowing and enjoying the waves, you mean staying on dry land, and if by going on a cruise, you mean stay home, then I'm all for it. <laughs> and then, yep. and, then what, and, 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 I'm, and I'm remembering I was walking up to my bedroom and then I heard my dad say, just out of the blue, from the dining room, he said, you know, we are going whitewater rafting, son. And at that point, I made a resolution that I don't care what happens in my life, I will never go whitewater rafting. Mm. And, 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 and it's beyond the fact that I just don't want to be in fast-moving water. I mean, if you want to put me in water, I want to go in a jacuzzi or a swimming pool, something that's calming, because water brings me calm. But just that idea of and and to this day what i don't understand is where he came up with the idea of white water rafting because he's certainly no outdoorsman i mean he's a guy who does work out in the yard he likes to cut down trees and do landscaping and build things i mean my parents property has all these little buildings on him and he's really good at it and he enjoys it but he's not the type to go white water rafting so i don't even know where that came from <laughs> maybe it was just something even... you know a little seed Sometimes we hold on to things that we think are really important and they could really be, and maybe they couldn't, you know, like sometimes yeah. we just, you know, there could have been something, you know, maybe someone told him once upon a time that he couldn't. So he just said, I'm going to do it. You know, you just don't know. Right. That could, that could have been it. Or again, for some reason, this is coming up just from what you said. So it might teach us something here. I've learned that sometimes that coincidences are absolutely not coincidences. It could be that he really wanted to try whitewater rafting, 
and something was preventing him from finding somebody who also enjoys whitewater rafting and just going with them. Yeah. I mean, there's so, so many I things was, we I did. I was son. I was nearby. Yeah. Right. Like, come on, son, you'll like this. You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, we did, we did a, a show, uh, an episode on our live show, The Holistic Life. We did one about, like, this concept, similar idea, where it's like sometimes you have these dreams that you really want to do, and you're holding on to them because you're like, I really have to do this. And sometimes there can be some stress created around it because you haven't done it yet or you're frustrated because you're not there. You feel like it's taking forever to get there. But if we step back Uh and we really, like, check back in and ask, like, do we want to do that? Do I still want to do that? Is that still important? Sometimes it may not be as important as what we thought or we can reframe it or we can maybe find another way to create something different because sometimes, you know, we hold on to these goals that may hold us back and we don't even really want them anymore. We've just been used to holding on to it for so long. So, you know, like for your dad, I don't know, it could be something that he still really wants to do and could go create it or it could be something where it's like, well, you know what? I always wanted that and I never really stopped wanting it, but do I still want it? I don't know. Maybe, you know, Right. and it could create space for something new. So it's interesting when we check back in just because we wanted it when we were younger, doesn't mean we have to still want it now. It may not serve us anymore and it's okay. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think that could be the case, you know, and now I'm thinking about this. My, my grandfather loved the fish. Uh, if you go through the family albums, there are a lot of photos of Grandpa sitting by the uh, the side of the river, the side of the creek, and he's got his got his fishing rod. The man loved fishing. There are tons of photos of him holding up his catch. It's like that was like his den. He liked to you know, he liked to sit back, uh, you know, cast a net, light a cigar, and wait for the bites to come in. But I don't really see I don't really see him going out in the rapids. Uh, he was. He, he, neither he was really a, a go out and uh, do crazy outdoors, doorsy stuff kind of guy. I mean, he was, uh, he had a little farm and like my dad, he liked to build little buildings and, and do landscaping and stuff like that on his farm. And then when he moved into the suburbs later in life, he completely redid the shrubbery and all of the plants around their house in the, in the suburbs. But he wasn't the type to go out and do like extreme sports or anything. In the end, after he did all that, his method of relaxation was to grab a beer and a cigar and go fishing. Hmm. I wonder. I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting to kind of explore. Uh, Those are the type of conversations I love to have, you know? Like, I love to just hear what people really want to create in their life, and I love helping them get there. Like, I've I've always liked that. I mean, if it were socially acceptable, and thank goodness in some scenarios it is, but if it was socially acceptable, I would just, like, walk around and ask people, like, what's your dream? You know, like, what do you want to create or, you know, what do you really want in your life? Or tell me more about you. And, what I mean, I know that would really, like, scare a lot of people. <laughs> you know, you got to do it in right. that scenario. But I, I just love hearing people's story. I love hearing where they came from and where they're headed and what holds them back and how I can help them. I mean, it's just. I've always enjoyed that. I've always been the person to talk to people next to me on the plane. Not annoyingly. If you want to sleep, I'll let you sleep. Don't worry. But Okay. okay. I, just wanted, I just wanted to check on that because I've had some great seatmates and I've had some seatmates I wanted to kill. I've had some yeah, seatmates no, I mean, that made me want to jump. Sleep. 
Yeah, no, I, I hope that I've never made anybody do that because I feel like, you know, with my sales background, I'm pretty uh, aware of people's body signals. I'm sure I miss them sometimes. We all probably do. But uh, if someone's, like, trying to put their headphones in, I'm like, all right, chat with you later, you know, because I do it too. Sometimes I don't feel like talking, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I, love, and I, I my friend would say, I get people, yeah, and as my, my friend would say, I get peopled out too. And I also um, am aware that I, you know, that empathetically, my energy can be affected by things. Like uh, sometimes uh, I'll have folks that, you know, of the small group of people in this world who I feel are qualified to hear my political views, of which there aren't very many, uh, they'll want to mix it up and, and have a debate or something like that. But I can't let that energy in because I need to use my energy for something else. So from the sense of understanding my empathy and how that empath within me can affect my moods, I have to say something like, you know, look, I'm really just not read up on these issues right now. So I like to speak from facts and I just don't have the facts right now. So let's bookmark this for another time. Or I might say, you know, I'm really dying to hear your take on this, but I just can't be, I just can't go into that energy right now because I really need to be focused on this other thing. Yeah. And that, and that's once again, goes to our boundaries and our energy and centering ourselves and whether you're introverted or extroverted or a little bit of both doesn't matter. Everybody can benefit from boundaries and, and their and being aware of their energy. I mean, being aware yeah. of your energy is one of the most important life lessons that we can learn because it supports us. It, it supports us in, in showing up really clear-minded. And yeah. um, I can tell if I'm getting a little, because I used to schedule like all of my calls back to back. So it would be like, you know, I would just flow from one to the other. And, you know, I never gave myself the time in between to kind of like, all right, say, all right, I'm done with that call. I'm jumping on yeah. this call because I thought that I had to use every minute in the day in order to be productive and in order to be successful. Yeah. And success doesn't and, have to look like that. Yeah. And, and you know, my vision of that's a little bit different too. Uh, I mm -hmm. need to have at least one day a week where my phone doesn't ring. I need at least one day where I don't have to hear mm -hmm. from anyone or anything about anything. Uh, and then mm -hmm. on days when I do do the calls, I like to put them as close together as possible so that it's easy for me to get off a call and not let it go over because I have the, you know, the very reasonable, hey, I know we've scheduled an hour, and at the top of the hour, I have another call to be on. This is it. Goodbye. And, right, also, right. The, sooner I, and the sooner I can get it over with, the sooner I don't have to have any more calls. So, because I find Ooh, what I really kills that. my energy, is, what, what kills my energy is let's say I have a call from 3 to 3.30. Then I have one from 4 to 4.30. Then I have one from 5 to 5.30. What essentially gets happens is I get 90 minutes where I'm completely de-energized. Whereas if I did those at 3, 3.30, and 4, it's all done. Now I can actually, I'm done with this. I don't have to think about it anymore. And I'm good. Oh, I love that you said that because this is a perfect example, right? Like, it's a perfect example. I shared how, like, I, I thrive off of having that. I like it. I like going back to back, but I need the space. You yeah. thrive off of having your day of quiet and then putting them back to back. And that's it's perfect because you're recognizing your energy. You're recognizing what it is that helps you operate your life at the best you because you'll have more clarity. You'll have more inspiration. You'll have more ideas. 
You'll attract more opportunities in your life. Like when you're operating 100% in you, your authentic self, like exactly who you can be. I mean, all of that is perfect. And that's why I, I, I don't, I used to coach like, oh, you got to do it my way. But like, I don't, it doesn't have yeah. to be my way. Let's find the way that serves you. And I want to help you discover the way that serves you. Right? Because then yeah. that's what's going to help you be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have about five minutes here. And then I want to give you a minute or so after that to share with us where we go from here. Uh, one more question I wanted to ask is, you know, throughout the Rock Your Lifestyle process, and I know you cover this inside your book, which is also called Rock Your Lifestyle, uh, you, you give us the path to success. And you've shared some of that with us during our time here today. So what's a reason that might cause people to fail when they go down that path, and then how do they get back on the path? You know, I think the biggest reason why people fail, and this is what I've seen so far, and I'm very open for other things to show up, but the biggest thing that I've seen is when people are too afraid to take action and they're staying in their headspace and they're they're thinking about all the ways it can't work or won't work or and sometimes this happens. We get stuck in that headspace, and even though we intellectually know better, we just can't seem or figure out how to get out of it. You know, you're like, ah, this is just so bad because you're so stuck in it. And so, you know, one of the reasons why people fail, quote, unquote, fail, is because they're not taking the action. I mean, failure is really interesting because failure is sometimes seen as a bad thing, sometimes seen as a good thing. But I would encourage everybody to think about what failure means to you and how you might be able to reframe it to support you. And, I mean, for me, failure scares me sometimes because that's why I don't take action because I'm afraid of failing. Because, as I said, I'm a perfectionist. I'm an A-type. I, you know, I'm an overachiever. And I am, and I, and a lot of times I'm just so freaking scared to fail because I don't want to look stupid. There's that ego coming up again. So then I don't take any action. Right. And so when I start thinking about failure in different ways and really and I start tapping more into like my why and why I want to do whatever it is I'm working on, whether it's my my health and wellness or my career or my life or whatever it is, when I tap more into the why, I start to step out of that brain fog and start to be like, you know what? Who freaking cares? I am so sick of being here in this spot where I'm in my mind and I'm blocking myself from every direction that I don't even care. I just want, let's go. Let's go see what happens. And a word that's been working for me a lot lately is the word experimentation. That has been really working for me, especially like with health and wellness. It's like, you know what? Let me just experiment and see what happens. What happens when I don't eat dinner? Does the world fall down? You know, what happens if I, you know, like eat cookies all day? You know, like I just, I'm just, I'm not saying that's how I want to live my life every day, but, like, I've tried some things just to see what happens. You know, like, let me just try. Oh, I feel like crap when I do that. Okay, noted. Noted for the future. Exactly. Okay, what happens? But now, but now you, know. you know. Now you know. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like we're, 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 the same thing. You know. yeah. yeah, for all you know, gorging yourself on cookies might give you some kind of crazy energy boost that leads you to write a book in a day and become an Amazon bestseller. <laughs> and, hey, if you, and, hey, if that's the case, then make a plan every couple months to gorge on cookies for a day because <laughs> it's going to give you lots of, lots of results. Right, versus what society says that it shouldn't. Sure, you're cheating if you eat cookies all day. Okay, well, I mean, 
I don't know, it depends. Like, let's, let's talk about it, right? You know, cheating could mean a couple different things. Cheating means, you know, oh my God, I fell off my plan. Okay, well, so what? You're human, right? Like, I don't know. I just think about sustainable life. You know, sustainable life is not about doing everything perfect as much as I feel like I want to. It's just not realistic, you know? I mean, so I think that's the biggest reason, you know, just someone staying in that muck, staying in that cloud and not taking yeah. the action and, and and reframing failure. Why not? Try experiment. Try something different. See what it feels like. Do it all sure. safe. Don't hurt nobody. You know, like do it with a good heart and love inside. But, you know, just experiment. I mean, that's it's fun. Yeah. Just see what happens. You know, world's not going to end for one experiment. That's very, that's very, very true. And, you know, I've discovered, and this is something I share in my own book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. And we actually cover this twice. We repeat it in the book because it's so important, is to ask the question, do I have to? So if you're looking at your to-do list, you're looking at your policies and procedures in your company, you're looking at your process for building a funnel or whatever it is, ask that question, do I have to? And you may be pleasantly surprised how many things you can just not do, and it might be good for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh, so I'm learning like, that yeah. lesson right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, we're at the point where we do have about three minutes left, and I do want to give a good moment or so. Uh, we may have some people sitting on the edge of their seat wondering you know, how they can holla at you. I had to. And, uh, <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and, and and uh, go forth with this. So how do you start business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion? And do you have anything think, for I, our audience today? Yeah, I think I think the best thing right now that I can offer everybody is if, if this inspired you and you like this conversation, I mean, we're having a blast on our Sunday Live, 8 p.m. Eastern show, The Holistic Life. Um, if you're on Facebook, and you and you basically you, you can either type in the holistic life, which is H O L L A S T I C, um, and it's the holistic life with J and J, or you can put in www.2jhala.com and it'll forward you there to Facebook. You know, we we talk about everything about holistic living, like we talk about finances and mindset and health and wellness and fitness and I mean, we we have guests on once a month. I mean, we really just cover everything because we're not the expert in everything, but we want to be able to create a conversation. So that's the that's the best way right now to plug into our world and everything we're doing. If you want to know more about the Rock Your Lifestyle piece and you really feel like you've been stuck or you're feeling like you want more in life or you're feeling like you just, I don't know, like maybe you've been burning out or frustrated. I mean, there's so many different things that can come up. You have a gap from where you are to where you want to be. The best thing is um, contact me through the 2J Hala. I'm working on a program right now. We're about we're going to be launching soon. I have not created uh, like a, a waiting list yet because I'm literally like finalizing some other pieces, but I'm going to be creating that tribe I talked about. So just right now, the best thing is connect us through the show. And eventually, you'll be able to get some stuff and some access to the, the program. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited because I've stepped out of my own way. I was in my own head for the longest time, not believing. Yeah. And I'm finally ready. I'm ready. And the world has been waiting. And I'm ready. I'm excited. Ooh, it's so empowering All right. when you just step into well, that. Well, we're ready. Wow. We're ready, too. So I this has been great. Uh, Jenny Hollis, thank you so much for being with us here today. 
to share these concepts with us. It has been an honor and education, as I almost say it almost all my guests, but in your case, it's been an honor and education, and as I've shown you through specific examples, a revelation. Yes. All right. So for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from the intersection of your, of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.